0: Uh, plan this accordingly so I have these two there I'm going to put it back there in the closet uh, door so you can have a chance to do that but please don't forget those things alright with that said let's look at 1 Kings chapter 6 tonight are we online brother Eric? Okay. let's look at 1 Kings chapter 6 this lesson is very similar to the previous uh, one that we did on chapter 5 um, and as I get in the lesson, you will see because it looks like chapter five and chapter six is like almost a continuation. But anyway, um, let's look at verse one, and it says, "And it came to pass in the fourth hundred and eighteenth year after the children of Israel were come out of the land of Egypt, in the fourth year of Solomon's reign over the over Israel, in the mountain of Ziph." Ziph which is the second mount, on the second mount, I'm sorry, that he began to build the house of the Lord. Let's pray heavily, Father. Thank you, Lord, for Brother Tom, for taking over the music for me tonight. And I just pray, give me the words to be able to deliver this message tonight and help me not, that I won't lose my voice. I pray, Father, for each person here tonight, bless them in a special way. And those who are watching us online as well. In Jesus' name, I pray, Amen. Did you ever took a, a a look at Solomon's temple? Like look at online and pictures of Solomon's temple. I mean, they just have little. I see so many pictures, and every time you see, it seems like I always think my way. Which one is the right one? You know, like because some of them are more extravagant than others. Uh, it depends. Uh, I had some pictures that I was looking at, and it says that this is uh, Solomon's Biblical temple. I mean, the thing's been destroyed, but anyway. Uh, so, tonight we're going to talk about let's, can you you folks hear me okay? Okay, let us build, let us build. So, when it comes to dreams, all right, um, Eric, if you don't mind putting me a little, a little up, So I I think I'm forcing my throat. Just me. Um, That's much better. So um, when it comes to dreams, everybody have a dream, don't we? All of us have dreams. Uh, It is good to dream and to be a dreamer. It is good to have dreams, to have uh, things that you want to do and accomplish. Uh, Like I said, this is very similar to the message, to the previous message. Actually, our world is full of great dreamers, people who dream big, people who have dream of great ideas that once uh, they put them into practice, it helps humanity in many different ways. <clears throat> For an example, I'm always amazed of bridges, uh, great structures, uh, the Golden Bridge in San Francisco. Like those are massive. I mean, if you go to, towards New York, you see the new Teppensy Bridge, or whatever they call it, Governor or whatever his name, bridge. But um, the engineering that is in there, the design, it, it amazes because somebody put took their ideas and put into that. So <clears throat> those those men did so much for, of course, humanity. So, But there, there are all kinds of dreams. There are small dreams, right? There are big dreams. Uh, your, your small dream can be just get out of bed in the morning, go have a cup of coffee down the street somewhere. And when you get there and you hold that cup and you go, oh, that is good. Okay. So great structures, monuments, highways, bridges, and great designs <clears throat> were born out of someone's dream. They are, they are, I'm sorry, here in the book of First King, First Kings we find the building of King Solomon's temple, possibly the greatest and the most expensive structure ever built by man. It was so much gold that was put in that structure. It was dedicated approximately 953 BC. So to keep that in mind that this building was born, or keep that in mind, that this building was born in the heart of David. David was bothered that God was in a tent when he was in a palace. And it bothered him to say, how could my God is in a place like that, and here am I in a palace. He wanted something big for his God, so he, he born in the heart of David, and his dream he was so he was so bothered by it that he went to the prophet, of course, and told the prophet about it, and the prophet agreed with him. So, so no building ever been ever come close to, that, to the value of this building that was built for the Lord. There was no limitations, and how much was going to cost when Solomon's temple was built. It was built with fine gold. It was built with expensive timber. It was built with hearts that were willing to give whatever was necessary so God could have a temple. So they could, the other nations around could see that Israel had a God had a, and, had a, and the people of Israel had built a temple for their god but it was a very expensive building so um, there were, there was uh, a million tal- talents of silver as well uh, as, as even much more so let's look tonight and this topic let us build from several points number one if you found in the outline we see the dreamer it's got to be a dreamer first Go to First Chronicles chapter seventeen verse one. Gotta be a dreamer. So look what it says in First Chronicles seventeen verse one. And it came to pass as David sat in the house in his house that David said unto Nathan the prophet, Lo, I dwell in the house of cedar, but the ark of the covenant of the Lord remained in curtains. So we read here in First Chronicles chapter one that the idea of building a temple. Was born in the heart of David. You know. When we have a dream. We would like to share it. That's what David's doing right here. David sits with Nathan. And David said. Nathan. This is me. All right. Nathan. I got to tell you something. And Nathan goes. So. David what is it? I got this dream. And he begins to express his dream. To Nathan. And Nathan realized that was a good dream, a good idea. And of course, he encouraged the dreamer to fulfill his dream. Because the situation bothered him and he wanted to do something for his God. I remember, I believe it was last week or two weeks ago, whatever it was, that David wanted to do something big for his God. But sometimes God says, I know what you want to do, but it's, you're not the man for the job. That's what we talked about the last time. But this time we're talking about a different perspective. So, folks, when we begin to see that our God deserves more than what we are given to Him, we can't help ourselves but begin to dream big. You know? We are to dream big for the Lord because He deserves more. Than when we can give him, you know, when we started in a hotel, it bothered me. I, I felt that our God deserves, especially the the unprivate sea of where we were. It, it's just difficult. Uh, so, but the Lord puts in our heart, and we see it, and we want to do something big for the Lord. And I tell you what. Uh, when we have those dreams, God gets the glory, so we, we want to do something big for our God. So let me ask you this question: When was the last time you dream of doing something big for God? doing something big for God? Do you ever dwell on that said so Lord, I have this thing I would like to do for you. Well that was David right here. He saw where the Ark of the Covenant was. He compared it to his living conditions. And in his heart, his his conclusion was, this is not good. This is not good. Same thing with us. We can dream about having a bigger building, having a bigger church. You say, why, Pastor? If the Lord lays in your heart, if you have that dream, why not? He shares his heart with the prophet Nathan. The king sent, sent to the prophet Nathan and said, Here I am, living in the house of cedar, while the ark of the covenant of the Lord is under a tent. The discrepancy bothered David. Why should the king's house be a palace? Why the house of the Lord, just a tent? You know, the same thing about the house of God, where we go and worship. Shouldn't the house of God be a place spotless, clean? Shouldn't it? Shouldn't be a place organized and presented? Shouldn't we take pride as God's children to say, let's go clean the house of God. Let's go make it presentable. I think God deserves that, doesn't He? I think He does. And He does. We try as much as we can. To make keep this place clean. So Nathan sees what David sees. And encourages David. To move forward fulfilling his dream. So let me ask you this simple question. What is your biggest dream tonight? What is your biggest dream? I'm talking about towards the Lord. Towards doing something for the Lord. Not about a dream for yourself. But a dream that something in your heart that you would love to do for God? Something big. Would you love to have your dream come to pass? David was a man with a dream. He wanted to build a, a temple for his God. One would say that it was an honorable dream. Actually, I believe that it was a honorable dream. He loved Lord, the Lord so much that he was willing to build a temple for his God. And even the prophet Nathan brought, told him it was honorable. And mm-hmm. David wanted to do it. See letter A, we see the Lord's answer. So letter, yet that night the word of the Lord came to Nathan changing his plans. Look what it says in First Chronicles 17.2. It says that Nathan said to David, do all that is in thy heart uh, for God is with thee. And it came to pass that night that the word of the Lord came to Nathan, saying, Go and tell David, my servant, thus saith the Lord, Thou shalt not build me a house to dwell in, for I have to dwell in a house since the day that I brought up Israel uh, to this day, but have come from tent ten to tent and from one tabernacle to another. So get this, one man had a big dream. He dreamed to build a big structure for his God the idea of his living conditions began to bother him here he goes and he shares his dream with his friend the prophet his friend the prophet encourages him but on that night he gets the answer from the Lord and now the prophet has a mission yes if you have to go tell Nathan I mean David David God said no. Let me tell you this. Let's say that Brother Tom have a dream about doing something big for God, and we all hear encouraging him. We're going to do it, and we all go to sleep. You say, "Well, that doesn't happen." Yes, it does, and the Lord impress on our hearts to go to him and say, no. Would you go,
1: would you go and tell that brother,
0: I, I think the Lord just impressed my heart that you shouldn't go, you shouldn't do this. Oh, but I'm going to break his heart. What's well, happened, we over here with David and Nathan. Imagine, uh, David had a dream, and David is so encouraged, Is the prophet encourages him. And now the next day, guess who's going to give the message? The prophet has to go back to David and say, Hey, God said no. So rather than building a temple, God decided to allow David's son to oversee his work. And look here in 1 Kings chapter 6, verse 11. It says, The word of the Lord came to Solomon saying, Concerning this house, which thou art is building, if thou wilt walk in my statutes and execute my judgments and keep all my commandments and walk in them, till I will perform my word with thee, which I spake unto thy father. You see, the Lord allows Solomon to build a temple here, but the Lord gives him a warning here. And look what it says here in verse twelve, concerning this house, which house, the temple that was being built, thou art this building. If thou will walk in my statutes, in my judgments, and keep all my commandments to walk in them, then I will perform my word with thee, which I spake unto David thy father. Now, what happened to Solomon? Solomon had a woman problem. And Solomon's heart went after the gods of the woman that, she, that he married. And he left God. Let it be we see David's response here in First Chronicles 17, 26. The Bible says, And now, Lord art God, thou hast promised this goodness unto thy servant. Now therefore let it please uh, thee to bless the house of thy servant that it may be before thee forever, for thou us, O Lord. <coughs> excuse me. And it shall be blessed forever. One would think that David would uh, put the butchy lip disease out and feel bad about himself. You know, some people don't like to hear no. Don't you know that, brother? We live in a world in a day and age today that a lot of people don't like to hear no so they get all upset uh they got out of shape uh but anyway uh, david uh, he is he no and david's responds with a good heart good attitude uh towards the lord because he's not in the place of building that temple is going to be his son so solomon's faithfulness uh filled his commandments during the, his reign Leading Israel to, to the heights of the world power. He did that. David's desire to build a house for the Lord was noble, but God had other plans. David's reaction to God's uh, uh, mixing plan, his plans is uh, noble for us. When things don't go as we plan, when God closes the door on something that we really want to do, we should continue on praising the Lord. Because sometimes the Lord might close a door that we think we, that should be open. We, should, we think that door should be open and God shuts that door right in our faces. And sometimes we, we don't like that. Who likes to have a door shut in their face. That's a hurtful thing. Do you ever knock on somebody's door? And they open the door to you and soon they see you, they close the door on you. Isn't that hurt your feelings? I mean, I've been there. But we should usually should understand sometimes the Lord closes doors and it's for our own good. We might think we might we might think differently, but the door shuts those door. The Lord shuts those doors, but He always opens others doors for us for david he shut the door there david i don't want you to build your son will number two we see the builder if i ask you the name of david um I, if i ask you to name david's greatest sins you probably will answer or most people would say adultery with Bathsheba. or and taking the censors i think your answer probably would be correct But as a result of his sins, listen to this, of numbering the people, David purchased property in Mount Moriah and built an altar and worshipped the Lord. 2 Samuel 24, David married Bathsheba and God gave them a son whom they would name Solomon. Now we have Solomon building a temple on David's property on Mount Moriah. God took the consequences of David's two worst sins, a piece of property and a son, and build a temple for himself. No doubt David paid daily, for both of those transgressions, but it is an encouragement, for us to see, that sometimes out of bad stuff, God makes good things. We see the artist structure, letter A, if we look at the, I mean that's why I said in the beginning. Did you ever look at uh, pictures of the temple? But in the ancient, the ancient world, had a a short cubic and a common cubic of almost 18 inches long. uh, I'm sorry, almost 18 inches. uh, A long cubic of 21 inches. So the common cubic was used for the temple in 2 Chronicles 3, 3, chapter 3, verse 3 which means the structure was 90 feet long, 30 feet wide, and 45, 45 feet high. So a porch, the porch of that temple was 30 feet wide and 15 feet deep, uh, stood in the front of the temple as a courtyard for the priests, surrounded the sanctuary. It was separated from a uh, courtyard by a wall composed of stone blocks and woods. So this temple was well done, well built, and had one purpose. It's for the worship of the Lord. Now, when we think, when we come here, this is not a temple. This is a place where we meet. But when we designed this place, it was for us to come here and to worship the Lord together, to give Him praise and worship Him. We tried the way we designed it so we can get it together here. Same thing, the way it was designed this, unlike the tabernacle, the temple had three levels of rooms attached to the outer walls of the temple, and I'm not trying to get get you bored here tonight um, about giving you all this these numbers, so the walls that supported these chambers was structurally uh, structured like three stair steps, and the chamber stood in wooden supports that rested on these stairs. So the rooms on the upper level we're a half feet wide, on the second, nine feet wide, and then lower level, seven and a half feet wide, there were chambers, and probably, probably were used for storage, in those places, so, we see, I could go on and on, God giving the dimensions of the, the temple here, but let's look at the message, let it be, the message we see, in 1st Kings 6, uh, 11 and 12, and thirteen, it says, And the word of the Lord came to Solomon, saying, Concerning this house, which thou art built, if you will walk in my ways, in my statues, I'm sorry, and execute my judgments, and keep all my commandments, to walk in them, then I will perform my word on with thee, which I spake unto thy father unto David thy father, and I will dwell among the children of Israel, and look what God says, and will not forsake my people, Israel. God is specific here. When this temple is built, God says to Solomon, now Solomon, this is what I want you to do. And if you don't do this, God says, and I will not forsake my people. In this verse, God as a sobering reminder to Solomon, a reminder that fits all of us in this room tonight, we cannot and will not and will not reap the blessings of the Lord in our lives if we don't walk according to His will. Some people want both the of, of the blessings of both worlds, and unfortunately, many Christians have the same idea. They want the blessings of God, but they don't want to live according to what God says. And God says, I'm not going to bless you. Same thing here. God is giving them a warning. Same thing to all of us. How do we want God to bless us if we don't even obey His word? How can We cannot and will not reap, like I said, the blessings of the Lord in our lives if we don't walk according to His will. God's word and God's will is clear in the Bible for all of His children. Remember that the way of the world are always in front of us, but the ways of the Lord are written in His book for us to take at face value and live it. Folks, I said this many times. The Bible is complete. The Bible is written. The Bible is the word of God. The blessings of the Lord is here. But the Lord will not bless us if we don't obey or live according to what He says. Do you realize that we live in a world today on which Christians are questioning the word of God? There are. We have a problem with social drinking. We do among Christians. And if you talk to them, they tell, try to tell you why they do it. And they justify it. Now, read the Word of God and look at the problem of alcohol, and you tell me after. But see, When I want the Bible to say what I want, I can make it say it. And I say, it's just a matter of interpretation. I deal with that every day in my job. We got an ER from an engineer. One person reads and the other one, that's not what I understood. And two hours later, we're still debating the words of somebody. Same thing with the Bible. We live in a world today amongst Christians on which they're questioning or questioning the Word of God. Read the Word of God for what it is and let the Word of God come to you, and God will bless you for that. For us to get these world ideas or worldly ideas. And to go to the Word of God and say, oh yeah, yeah, it's it's fine. No, that's why there's so much heresy going on. I was reading this week. I was reading an article. Fifteen Things Why Young People Are Leaving Churches. This was written by a contemporary preacher okay and he he goes step by step he explains why young people are leaving churches you know what he says in the end we are to blame because we are entertaining them more than teaching them the word of God so we bring, him in, bring them in to entertain them and they get used to too much entertaining. And when you take the entertainment out they leave. I thought it was very good. I did. So the message right here, what's the message? God give give Solomon, why Solomon? Because he's the leader. He gives them a sobering Warning about how to live life. Listen, we Christians, we don't live to please others. We live to live to please God. That's what God tried to say here. He says Solomon, it's not about the gods of the land. It's not about the people of the land. It's about me. This is a, this is the way I want you to live. And it says, and I will now forsake my. People Israel. So we don't know who who brought who brought this message from the Lord to Solomon, more than likely maybe one of the prophets here, but let me tell you, it was a sobering verses right here. The Lord sent this message to the king at a time when he was either discouraged right here, we don't know, with the building program or starting to become proud of what He was accomplishing. Get this, if you are a person that spends time with the Lord every day reading His Word, you will agree with me that He is constantly reminds you of living in obedience to Him. Why is it so important to read God's Word every day? Because the more you're in the Word, the more God reminds you how to live for Him. He constantly reminds you to stay away from what is wrong and to embrace what is right. He's constantly reminding you to walk the right path of life so you don't hurt yourself. He's constantly reminding you about those who are constantly trying to deceive you, avoid those people, don't you know the so-called Christians out there that can deceive you? If you're not grounded in your Bible, they will there are people out there that live with half truths. There are many people who doctrine who are not doctrinally sound. Ever heard "Test the Waters"? Ask them what they believe. Ask them, see what they say. One thing when I look on the internet about research that I do, you always have to be on guard what to expect because so many different beliefs and things in there. Yesterday I was looking for something, and I looking, find I was suspecting it already, but I to come to the end of the sentence, and it said, "The elect." I said, "Ah, oh, I got you." See constantly reminds you about those who are constantly trying to deceive you. Why all this reminder? All because you get this: The Lord loves you." He doesn't want you to get hurt. Listen, here's what you need. You need your Bible. You need your Bible. So when somebody comes and trying to deceive you, you know what God says. You know what God says. So the Lord reminds Solomon, as he constantly reminds us, that he is not impressed with our work, if our work is done in disobedience to Him, what He wants is obedient, an obedient heart. Look what it says in Ephesians 6.6, 6, Not with eye service, or as men pleasers, but as the servants of Christ, doing the will of God from the heart. When we do something for the Lord, is not to please men. Please don't come to church and try to please me. Not about me. I don't come here and try to please you. It's not about me pleasing you. I come here because I love the Lord. I'm a servant of the Lord and I want to serve the Lord and serve the Lord with you. So the Lord reminds Solomon, like I said, for us to not be man pleasers. God will fulfill his promise to David and Solomon, not because Solomon built a temple, but because he was obedient to the word of God. A similar warning was included in the covenant, God gave Moses in Deuteronomy 28 and 30. So this, this I'm sorry. <coughs> Number three, we see the end of structure. Oh, let a, um, oh, I'm sorry, let us see. And look what it says in verse 14, And so Solomon built a house and finished it. And he built the walls of the house, with boards of cedar bolt to the floor of the house and the walls of the ceiling. And he covered them with the inside with wood and covered the floor, uh, the floor of the house with planks of fur. And uh, he built 20 cubits uh, on one side of the house, uh, both from the floor and the walls with boards of cedar. He even built them uh, for it within, even of the oracle, even for the most holy place. And the house that is, the temple, before it was 40 cubics long. So when the temple was complete, the work is focused on the inside of the temple, which was the most important part, for it was there that the priests carried the ministry of the Lord. So the we see here, I mean, I could give you again a bunch of measurements here, but I'm just going to avoid that. We're going to go to point number three. We see the result. When a person ever dreamed, and puts his dreams into practice. Things happen. What do you think brother Tom? Things happen. When a person is committed for a cause. Things happen. David had a dream. He wanted to build a temple for his God. He loved God so much. That he wanted to build. To do something great for him. David wanted to show his gratitude. To the Lord. By building him a beautiful structure. Get this. To the ages like David, there have been many Christians who have built, who have done so much for their God, And this is going on even today. People who are you give so much, their time, their talents, their money for the things of the Lord. They have done, and they've done with a heart of gratitude. The gratitude of our hearts drive us to... Uh, out of our comfort zone, to do something great for the Lord. David was told that he was not the man to build a temple, but he didn't stop. Let me put it this way. I said this last week. We may not be the people that would build the building that will accommodate his Bay Baptist Church, but we can do so much for it. We can contribute. Look no, what we can do. We can pray for that to become a reality. We can pray that the Lord will add more stones to the church. We can pray that the Lord will give us the spot. We can pray that the Lord will give us the structure. We can pray. We can give as many things we can do a lot of times, uh, dreams becomes reality because we put things we, into it. So if the Lord provide us provides us a building, a place that I can, then we can meet. I believe that once that happen, some sometimes with with the construction and remodeling, uh, of course, will take place. You may be thinking, I cannot do physical work. I don't have the type of talent all the time. To do it. Well the Lord calls us to do something. To get involved on something. So like David you may not be able to build. But like him. You may be able to contribute. How can you contribute? You can contribute with your prayers. You can contribute financially. You can contribute by just coming and encouraging. Those who are working. You can contribute by simply bringing a meal. Or just a word of encouragement. There's many things that can be done. Letter A, giving God our very best. Folks, I believe that we should give our God our very best because He deserves it, because He is worthy of our efforts. There is a hand that reminds us of all this. Have I done my best for Jesus? I wonder, have I done my best for Jesus Who die upon that cruel tree. To think of a sacrifice at Calvary. I know my Lord expects the best from me. How many are the loss that I have lifted. How many are the chains I helped to free. I wonder. Have I done my best for Jesus. When he has done so much for me.
1: The hour that I have
0: wasted are so many. The hours I spend for Christ so few. Because of all my lack of love for Jesus. I wonder if his heart is breaking too. How many are the loss that I have lifted. How many are the chained I helped to free. I wonder if I done my best for Jesus. When he has done so much for me. So the question tonight is. Are you giving the Lord your very best. Because he deserves our best. He does. I don't try to make you feel guilty tonight, believe me. Because I put myself in the same place. Sometimes I even question myself. Lord, I have done my best for you. Is there anything else you want me to do? I will, Lord, if you want me to. Some Christians do not invest... Anything in the house of their God. Some even say that God doesn't need any money. In reality, that is not true. All that is true. But let me tell you something here tonight. Why churches need money? God doesn't need any money. Do you hear those things, brother? Let me remind you something right here. Jesus in his earthly ministry had one of his disciples named Judas who was the keeper of the money bag. What do you think the bag was for? What do you think the money was used for? The money was used for everyday need like food and other necessities. Don't you know that the place on which we have have necessities as well Rent must be paid. Utility bills must be paid. Missionaries must be paid. Special outreaches only happens with money. Get this. We will never have a building and dedicated to the Lord if we don't give to that cause. And we are. We have a building program on which we keep moving on. But let me tell you, the question is, have I done my best for Jesus? David wanted to do something great for his God. He did not necessarily build a building. His son built a building. But he did what he could. He gave so much for that dream to become a reality. I tell you what. Let's do something big for God. We can do that. Let me put it this way. Solomon didn't just build a building for the Lord. He built a magnificent temple for his God. It was not that God needed the building. The point was that all the nations could see that the people of Israel loved their God and did the very best for the temple to become a reality. So number one, we see David, the it says in verse, First Corinthians 22, 5, it says, And David said, Solomon, my son, is young and tender in the house that is to be built for the Lord, must be exceedingly magnificent, magnific- I'm sorry, magnificent of fame and glory throughout all countries. I will therefore now make preparation for it. So David prepared abundantly before his death. So David had a dream to build a temple for his God. But his dream was not to build something just casual for people to meet. His dream for him was to build something magnificent. i tell you what. um, There's a church up in Groton, Connecticut. um, What's the name of that church, honey? Um, Brother Latka's church, Community Baptist Church. Um, I remember when he started his church... He started in a hotel. He was actually the manager in the hotel. So he started the, the, the church in a conference room. And the church began to grow. And I believe what happened was he lost his job in the process of the church going. So now they have to leave. They didn't want him there. So they had to leave the conference room in the hotel to a storefront. When they're in the storefront, There was an unwanted store next to them, one of those video stores that was next to them. He says, he told me his brother was so embarrassing even to go to church because the doors were side by side. Community Baptist Church here in a video store next door, right? You know, two doors. It was so embarrassing. Um, But they were there for several years. But I remember when we went up to Groton from First Baptist Church, we went up there and we went in the community. I remember my wife, remember that, put the packages of information on people's Mm -hmm. doors throughout the area. But that was the time we went. I mean, I heard what he said, but we went there about six, I mean, I don't know how many years later, when the building, I mean, they purchased a piece of land to build a building, and we went there, the whole church, it was almost built. And we walk in there and it's like, wow, this is beautiful. This is beautiful. I told him, son brother, this is beautiful. What God has done here, it's awesome. It's awesome. He told me, he said to me, he began to be a little choked up. He said, you know, and the saddest thing is, a lot of the people that contributed for this are no longer with us. They didn't they didn't see the dream. They didn't see the vision. They contributed for a season and they left. It is hard for a pastor to see that. But I could see his heart and he was he was hurt. Ten years. It was ten years, right? So we see David right here, but what a beautiful structure. If you ever go to Groton, go visit that church. So we see that. Um, we see the woman number two. Uh, the look of woman who came to Jesus and offered the most expensive jar of perfume. She broke and poured over Jesus. The same thing right here. You know, if we want to build something for the Lord, let's build something that causes people to say, wow, should be that way. Because not because we want to be better than anybody else, but because we want to do something big for our God and say, my God is worthy and we're going to make something good for Him so you can praise God for, for what you see. I like when people come visit here and they say, wow, this place is nice. And then what we say, praise the Lord we give Him praise because we want people to feel that way. You know, they're like, oh, this looks like a church inside but it doesn't look like a church. Wow, this is, you know what? Praise the Lord. And I say, praise the Lord for the people that clean, vacuum clean, dust, wash the bathrooms and all that. You know what? And make it presentable for God. And we carefully maintain it. Make sure the place doesn't, you know, we don't have holes here and holes there. Make sure the place is nice and presentable for God. Should it's a, yeah, Listen folks, it's an honor. It's an honor to me to get a garbage bag and go to the dumps and take it out there. You say, why is it an honor? Because I'm serving God. I was outside the other day I'm in front of the, the, the church picking up weeds so the little weeds don't grow out there to honor if people had say some serving my god you know what do something for god he deserves our very best he does you know what the beauty of all this is every day is a great day for us to serve our god because he deserves If you look at David, I conclude, in in King Solomon, there are two great opposites. David was a warrior, a man after God's own heart. David had a steady love for his God, and he continued to serve God until the end of his days. Solomon started right. He followed the footsteps of his father. But the many wives that he had turned his heart away from God. David finished well. His son did not. He was the wisest fool to ever lived. Actually, I have a message on that particular title. You know what? Day by day, year by year, keep serving the Lord. Keep your Bible close to your heart. Don't let people deceive you serve the lord not everybody that talks about jesus out there uh a lot of times they don't have good intentions test their doctrine because they can deceive you let's pray heavenly father thank you lord for keeping my voice for times i thought i was going to lose it but i pray lord lord tonight lord help us lord to dream big for you to do things for my hearts lord to serve you lord from our hearts i pray father for each person here and i know that's the desire of every person in this building tonight help us lord to be warriors for you to serve you every day lord in jesus name amen